This is Shaco Art Speak. Hey, welcome to Shaco Art Speak, current 2019. We're here live. Well, we're we're here not in a sound booth, not in our studio. So we're recording with a lot of extra noise. Uh, you may hear people talking. Uh, we're at Current Art Fair this year. There's uh, 20 galleries here, uh, 20 booths, and uh, yeah, there's people walking around looking at art. And so part of what we're doing is we're podcasting from the fair, and we're, we've been taking your questions uh, as people have been submitting them, and we've got some fantastic questions. So thank you for submitting those. Um, these, these little episodes are going to be 30-minute um, uh, shorts that just kind of give you an idea of uh, what's going on at the fair, but also... Um, uh, you know, to kind of kind of talk about um, just a, a, a brief focused question, and so uh, Dr. Blackwell and I are both here. As hey, what's always. up, folks? Yeah, How's it going? Here? It's fantastic to be recording live here, man. This yeah. is a it's a fun experience. We've got uh, five of these episodes that we're gonna yep. be doing because we got five questions that we we've got five questions. picked out of all the stuff that y'all. There was a song in. called "I Got Five on It." I got five on it. Yeah, yeah. It was I a great that. question. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> um, so what's our what's our first question and who did it come from? We we had to narrow it down. We had to narrow the field down. Yeah. So first of all, thank you all. Thank you all yes. for sending them in. It's great to to read all these questions. Was not easy to pick. Um, so please forgive us if we didn't get to your question. Uh, please know that if we don't, we will be processing your question probably in future talks. Yeah, we definitely will be because this is all stuff that we care about. So the first question we have comes from Marissa Reeds on Instagram, and she says, "How do you handle teaching, running your own gallery, and your own practices?" With two question marks. Right. I don't. <laughs> I don't handle it. Yeah. I'm it's stressed out. I mean, it's like, it's like pants on fire sometimes. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that's a great question. And, you know, we're happy that question came up. And maybe before we kind of jump into just like some very particular instances for us, uh, I would send anyone who's interested in more to take a look at our anxiety, work-life integration, satellite brain to be brief series because yeah. we do... We do talk a lot about uh, sort of how it is that's possible and maybe why sometimes it's a struggle to make it so. So, yeah. you know, whatever we can't say here because it's a short conversation, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. Uh, refer back to that and I think you can get some more if you're interested in this topic. And then, Yeah, the whole series is like five or six hours long. So yeah, there's a decent amount there. We cover a uh, lot. So where do you, So maybe maybe this is a chance to, to get real zoomed in with just us more specifically. So where do you, you want to go with that, Gary? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it, well, first thing I'll say is... Um, I, I have not been able to figure out as a designer, as a creative person working in a creative field, I've not been able to find out like how to just do one thing at a time. Like Correct. I'm very, very bad at it. Yeah. So at a kind of base level, um, some of it is that I don't know that I'm capable to not juggle it. Yeah. So if some, that makes so, sense. Yeah. No, I mean, so I think it's not a matter of better or worse, but fittedness. Some mm. people are more fitted for multitasking. They yeah. tend to think better creatively. Yeah. Some I'm not trying to are, say everybody has to be right, like that. Right. Yeah. Some people are incredibly focused. Um, some people are incredibly focused uh, in terms of um, uh, one thing at a time, and they're able to really unpack how incredible that one thing is. And so yeah. you kind of need both people. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? I, th- I think it's a matter of... Uh, you definitely do. Yeah, it's not a matter of better or worse. It's a matter of fittedness for the person. Mm-hmm. I think just knowing that about yourself. And then I think you, I think you do have to test the waters. Mm. That's a good um, call. Yeah, I think you have to test yourself and see, like, what's my flexibility? What, How much can I 
push before I reach critical mass for myself. And um, so some of that's early training before you're doing work that really matters, matters. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. Because I think, you know, if, if I think back to, to school um, and then also like early career, I mean, even now, um, you know, think about um, a piece of wood you might be building something with. Right. I don't really know the strength of that wood until right. I push it to the breaking point. That's right. Right. I only yeah. know I only know the strength of it once I hit that limit. Yeah. And the thing about that is uh, we as humans are much more dynamic than a piece of wood that's sure. been milled and that's some, right. you know, able to be built with. And so because of that, our limits, our breaking points actually can be developed further and further sure. out from where they are. That's right. So sometimes I think we start with... Um, I don't know if it's like, uh, you know, justification, if it's, you know, whatever else, maybe it's just comfort to us to say, yep. you know, like, oh, this is hard. Well, right. That's great because what is hard now as you start to work through that actually becomes much easier. Yeah. So there's something about juggling that actually gets better. Yeah. The more stuff is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is harder to juggle two things right. in my life than right. I think four or five. Right. And we talked about that is there's a sense where you're juggling and then a sense where you see it as integrated. And that's one thing we talked about. So for me, it's looking to see how the parts integrate together and where there's natural complement compliments. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think for me, one thing I've had to learn the hard way, if someone's asking this question is I've had to learn responsibility demands priority and mm-hmm. planning. Yeah. And so those are two things I've been historically terrible at, but because I've taken on responsibility and gotten stronger at it, I've been able to then flex that muscle and balance a teaching schedule, a studio practice, and running a gallery with everything that we're doing with it. And some of that has come progressively. So it's, it's having clear intentions and space and freedom to measure those out and not um, uh, get ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that also means then that if by doing this, I've, I've made, so for me in my life, I made a, I made a decision to not devote all my attention to my studio practice at some point. Yeah. Now I have goals to devote more time to my studio practice as I age up. So, so I have a long life goal that has allowed me to prioritize reasonably what comes first in the order of things. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't guarantee it's going to work, but that's what I'm doing. Now, one thing I'd want to say is a tendency is to see teaching and uh, say curating or, or making as uh, competing for energy and time. That's a good call. And, and I don't see them as a starting assumption as competing. I see them as mutually benefiting and feeding each other. Uh, they mutually encapsulate and feed each other. So for me, I'm a better maker because I'm able to teach an interacting community. Yeah. And because I'm making an interacting community, I feel like that, that makes me a better um, uh, a curator. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's those facets that, that's enabled me to have a vision for, and, and I think the same for you, yeah, for, for a chakra art space. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, I think you mentioned it earlier. You said something about, you know, fit earlier. Right. And I think, you know, some of it's that is that if, uh, if you're, if you're juggling a lot of things, sometimes it's, there's just not enough time to do everything. Sure. Right. And so then things don't work. The juggle doesn't work if there's not enough time. Right. But sometimes also when we start to think about this, it's not those just are fireworks the, behind us. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not just, uh, it's not always time. Sometimes it is fit. Sometimes right. you're wanting to do things that just really aren't compatible with each other. Yes. Um, and so we get really discouraged and we say things like, oh, I can't, I can't do as much as that person over there. Right. I'm not doing right. the level that those folks are doing. And that's not really the case sure. in that conversation. Some of it's that they maybe just be doing things that are highly complementary of each right. other. Um, so yeah, in the same space, like um, the work I do with Shock Award Space is not, uh, and Shock Award Speak is not 
is not a gross departure from what I do in my personal practice Correct. or the things that are central to what I'm teaching in my classes. So they do work with each other. And I think it's huge, huge to, to just reiterate what you said, Ryan, which is they do actually educate each other as well. Yeah. Yeah, so they, empower, um, they empower, they educate. And so I think a life stage. So like, I think knowing your life stage, like if you're a student, you're acquiring knowledge, which means there's a certain amount of exploration that has to happen in order to have self-understanding. Yeah. It, at some point, though, you start to get a taste for things and you realize there's certain things you just don't need to do or don't want to do okay, that, so maybe real, used to, that maybe you used to do. So there's things like, like, like for instance, like I know how to draw, but um, I don't devote as much time to drawing mm-hmm. as I did when I was formative and learning in that sense. Yeah. So um, now I'm, I've, I've shifted from learning in that way to applying almost magnanimously. And then the, the new learning that happens is, to, is meant to galvanize and continue what I'm currently doing. You see what I'm saying? So now my my reading, I'm I'm, I'm maturing up and refining my thoughts. And that just comes from getting old, you know, and staying with it. And so certain things are like, it's like lifting heavy weight or something. You keep doing the reps, you can lift more weight, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you can get stronger, then you can use that strength across the holes. But I I can't stress it enough. One thing is like, literally, I have a schedule. Like Laura, if Mm -hmm. some of that, Laura and I, my wife, we have a schedule. And we map out uh, as much as we can uh, down to holidays, date nights, um, family days, um, studio days yeah. are on the calendar. Everybody knows. So no one's expectations when it's going well are, are confused. And so it also allows me to not think about it when I'm not doing it because mm-hmm. I know it's been externally communicated and the time has been allotted. Yeah. So I'm not letting everything swim my head mm-hmm. uh it's been externally planned out and as an intuitive person who's not a list maker this is extremely hard for me yeah um it does not come natural to me mm-hmm. but it's become a necessary good thing in order to achieve the goals and the desires that that laura and i have both had um yeah. you know and i probably say, say the same for you but like just long-standingly it's uh didn't get here overnight no not at all yeah i think one of the best pieces of advice i ever received kind of in this this area of time management um or scheduling or whatever you want to say with it um one of the best pieces of advice i ever heard a guy told me that your work will always fill the time you give it right and and that was like hugely like it, it it was one of those sort of like moments where it felt like all the like depth of field and focus of the camera changed and it looked like i was looking down a new tunnel you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying it was just like right. whoa yep it like really did blow my mind when i like got the ramification of that because um i mean you know we know this in a lot of ways if if i tell myself i've got something that's due uh you know to a client or a gallery or something in a month well you know i may say well i got a couple of days Mm-hmm. I can I can not do that. Right. But if if you got something to do the next day to the client or the gallery or whoever it is, like you're you're on top of it. Right. Like you, right. and and you may actually in that same time those two time frames make the same kind of work. Right. So some of it is understanding that you probably can do more in the time you have. Correct. Um, and that but that's something you have to learn. It's not yeah. it's not one of these like shame on you. You're yeah. not doing this. It it very much is like you yeah. kind of have to prove to yourself that you can do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think there's uh, there's uh, a, a drift towards collecting experiences. Like I'll call it experience hoarders. Oh yeah. And so there's a tendency to, to think about it in those terms. Like how do you do all this under the rubric of your experience hoarding? But it, that the pur- purpose is different than experience hoarding. I'm not interested in experiences for ex- experience sake. Yeah. I'm not doing it so that I can say I've done a lot of things. It's because for me there's an they integrate into a larger whole vision. So so I want to do it. It's necessary to me 
like you said, I have I have the propensity to want to um, uh, work in a few different avenues. Um, I also want to work with other people. Yeah. Um, I want to build a culture that invites more and creates more opportunity. We talk about the generative nature of things. Well, if you don't um, set sail and, and put some things out there, you're not going to create a need for anybody else to come alongside and work with you. Mm-hmm. So I want to work, but I don't want the work to be arbitrary. I want it to be purposeful. And so th- those intentions, the clarity of intentions, getting clear on my limitations. So, I mean, I think one of the big things is like people think individualistically, but nothing that I'm doing or you doing or any of us are doing is happening purely on an individual individualistic level. There's a lot of people involved. Yeah. And that's the, that's the one thing is like, sometimes you, you know, you know, one of the people involved. And so you just kind of make the assumption that all it's of it's all coming through. That's them. Right. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, especially when it comes to this stuff with uh, Shaka art space, like, yeah, you, you and I may be doing a lot of things, but sure. I, I would not say that, uh, we are necessarily doing like so much more than all the other people involved. That's right. I mean, yeah. because um, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are a part of it. Um, you know, and and I think another another part um, of this whole discussion, and this is not going to be the popular part. No. But um, is that uh, sometimes you get to have the chance to say no to things you actually want to do. Um, right. And I think it comes, uh, you know, I mean, you can do whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, it's prioritization, it's importance, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, but in the juggling act, like sometimes you're not picking up every single ball at your disposal, mm-hmm. um, even though it might be fun. So there are times where I really do have to make a choice between two really good things yes. and figure out which one is going to be a little bit more necessary for me to devote right. my time to. Right. And that's not, that's not, it's, it's not exciting. Like, yep. you know, there's things I, I like to do right. and I like to spend time doing right. that I do not get to do as much. Sure. But that doesn't mean I'm doing this begrudgingly. Right. It just means that I actually, I, I'm actually at a, a wealth of options of things that would be fantastic to do. Yep. And I get the chance in a moment like that to choose one of them. That's correct. You know, it's, yeah, I, most of the time our choices are good or bad. That's this right. is the good answer. This is the bad sure. one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, in staying no to good things for better things is difficult. You're saying no to things, you, you're saying no to things that you would have previously dreamed of doing. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. an, that's an amazing phenomenon as you, as you kind of grow up. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's an interesting thing to live through, uh, saying no to something that 10 years ago you would have died for. But oh, that yeah, actually yeah. happens. That's a part of the equation. Yeah, and it, and it really is, you're right. It is nice when that happens for you to be like, yeah, I don't think I mind too much. Right. You know, I mean, there's certain things that, um, you know, and, and life changes, stuff's different and, and situations are dynamic. I think that's a part right. of it too, because just because you say no to it doesn't mean that no, that no is like a totality. That's right. Right. So, uh, I can say, I can say almost to most things I can't right now. Yeah. That's you know? right. And that's, and it's the same way that we are with like relationships or yeah. relationships with our friends. That's right. There are people who are like, Hey, can you, can you have dinner tonight? Can you sure. guys hang out? Can you do this? It's like, Oh, I can't right now, but right. maybe in a right. few weeks. That's right. And so there is something really nice about that aspect of, of kind of having a lot of things going on is yep. that there you're not ruling it out right necessarily right yes yeah, you are saying just not right around. now that's right no i think that's i think uh i mean the fact is you're already unconsciously doing that all the time oh yeah every, every yes it, uh precludes all the no's that come with it and so you're already always doing that i think it's just having more of a uh i think it's helpful to the irony of doing more uh has to do with uh understanding how little you can do yeah oh okay go on. I want to hear so, more about this. So when you know that you can't do everything, it frees you to what you can do. Hmm. But if your starting assumption is I can do everything, well, then you don't know what to do. So your starting assumption is I can do whatever I want. 
Yeah, you're almost like uh, paralyzed with the That's anxiety right. of yeah. everything being possible. But I actually know that I can't do everything. Yeah. And because I can't do everything, I'm free to do the most according to what I want to do or maybe feel compelled to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big difference. I think, man, that's, that's a huge difference because, you know, then you start talking about like, um, not only is uh, juggling things, is it something that's kind of, you know, educational for you or mm-hmm. informative, but then it also becomes uh, qualitatively a good thing as you start to approach other relationships like uh, what collaborations, yep. you know, um, you know, different things you might be doing in your creative pursuits, you know, um, but I think uh, you hear this talked a lot about, like the the whole idea of like saying no or like busyness yeah. um, is also to understand that just because there's a lot of things going on at one time, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to be all the time. Yeah. So you, you hear a lot of people saying things like, you know, it's a it's a it's a busy season, right? You know, it's a down season. It's a right. it's a slow rhythms, season. It's rhythms. not the so yeah. You get these rhythms that happen, and you just have to understand like that. There's there's always got to be kind of a forward thought, right? Where it's like right. I'm extremely busy right now, but that doesn't mean I'm busy next week. Correct. And that is where I think you come back into some of the scheduling, you yeah, know? Yeah, so you it's schedule, like, you schedule, hey. schedule your rest, schedule your breaks. It just, mo- most people are not thinking that way. I mean, yeah. this is a goofy analogy, but when you go to a, when you go to a buffet, there might be a billion options that look incredible, but you know, you can't eat it all. And yeah. when you try, you pay the price. But if I come in and I'm like, I know that I can't eat it all. I'm more angled towards what I want to eat, but I also can go like, I've had that plenty. So I'm going to actually err on the side of what I don't have plenty of. Yeah. I mean, you make, you start to make choices. Like we understand this in other ways, other experiences of our life in terms of consuming and dealing with things. We just tend to overestimate our capacity. So the hilarity is mm-hmm. the reason why people do less is because they overestimate their capacity. What do you mean by that? Same thing as I said before is we think we, we, we actually think that, um, our capacity is such that we are, are able to do simultaneously Mm. Uh, big dream things as just like independent expressions from each other because the way that we're built, if you will, is is able to house that. And the world doesn't work that way. Time doesn't work that way. And, and we are finite beings with limitations on our physical states. Yeah. And so um, it's, it, it, it's freer to assume limitations. Mm. Then you're, you're, gotcha. it necessarily prioritizes and, and not to under, uh, overestimate but properly estimate. And mm-hmm. I think that takes testing the water, so to speak. And then, um, and then realizing like, yeah, like there's a lot of stuff I would love to do, but I'm like, in theory, I would love to play the piano, but I'm not going to do it. But you know what? Like I have friends that can. So yeah. I just delight in the fact that I have friends that play the piano yeah, or no. that someone in the world does. And, and, then, also, and that frees me to specifically what I'm going to do. Yeah. And also it sounds like, um, like, uh, we could probably make a, a jump here. Something that was coming to mind, just thinking about the way that you and I have worked together, Ryan, and then all the folks that, that help make Shaco Art Space possible. Um, like, the only reason I can be busy or that people can say, oh, you're doing a lot of different things, Correct. the only reason that can happen is because all of the other people that are also doing that. Right. So just being busy by yourself is probably not sustainable. Correct. And we've, we've been there, right? Yeah. Like, if you've, been to, if you've been to grad school, if you've done uh, anything that's like a very intense experience like yeah. that, and you've kind of done it by yourself, you've understood how quickly you can get to burnout. Sure. And I think burnout is what is really happening when you don't have yeah, those well, people so alongside you. Is, all right, maybe one last thing, and we probably can... I think we, we could probably wrap it up uh, or, you know, come, you can come back to that. Thought, but one last thing that I, I want to throw in there is um, I would just submit to Marissa or anybody else listening that reconcile or wrestle with what you want your legacy to be. Mm-hmm. Do you really care about other people? 
This is just for all of us. Because if you just, if it's just self-motivated, um, then it gets to your point yeah. and things implode and you burn out because, because you're not, you're not relationally galvanized and you, you're, you're the end goal of everything you do. If it's self-expression as the end, well then you're the audience and you're done. Mm-hmm. So, but if your self-expression builds towards something, then it certainly feeds that part of you that wants satisfaction from what you do on some level, but it also works towards the ends of building up and serving other people. Mm-hmm. And if you start to actually care about other people, their lives will place sufficient demands on you to do things that uh, benefits, enriches, changes, uh, directs, uh, compels, resonates other people. And that is rewarding. Like I always say, like art is a gift best expressed when given. Yeah. And so, um, at the core of your vision, is it self-directed or is it down and out? Does it flow out to others? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something to really reconcile or wrestle with because it's, it, uh, it mitigates burnout because people always say, I'm just worried about you burning out. Well, it's like, there's never not people to love and care about. So how do you, you don't really burn out on that per se. I mean, you see yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, yeah, totally. Also, when you're not working alone in that sense, there's just too much to do and too many people that are needed. Life's too short. Yada, yada, yada. You, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Well, I think uh, um, one thing I'm going to add to that is um, I think one of the skills that helps prop that up is the ability to walk away from something you're doing. Right. And I, I don't mean like drop it and just be like, I'm sure. done with this, but yep. to, to say, hey, you know, I've, I've done the work I can do on this now. I yep. can go to something else. Right. Um, and actually it's really good for us. I yep. mean, and most people I've, that I have met, at least that have a very creative bent to what they do, um, they are kind of moving in several different ways because their sure. brain's just kind of popping off at different yep. spots. And if we get into a rut too long, sometimes yeah. it's hard to deal that, with. Yeah, and some of that brain popping off, we would go back and listen to that, that the podcast series we did on satellite brain debris. Some things are just not meant to really be uh, brought into full orbed expression because they're just excess that comes from consuming too much. Yeah, That's the yeah. whole point is in discerning. Discernment is big. Priority is dis- discernment, priority, and uh, understanding that your frame, your frame is limited to time and space and the sequence of events yeah. and uh, 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 the, the blessing of a limitation of resources is actually uh, oftentimes helpful. Uh, we all probably could use a little more support. However, uh, creativity and ingenuity tends to rise to the occasion of the problem. So where there's problems, there's opportunity. And I think that's, that's kind of a, uh, a beautiful constraint that helps to facilitate a lot of the action that takes place. Yeah. So, well, we've got, we've got just a, a couple minutes left yep. uh, in this section. So I think just to kind of land the plane on this and bring it all home, Ryan, like, do you have kind of a, could you, could you put together like a kind of a short list, like kind of summary of what you said, two or three things that would be kind of your pro tips for trying to juggle a lot of different things at one time. Really look at the year, get out a year calendar, set a couple goals, look at what has to happen. I have to eat. I have to sleep. I have to work. Look at those things, stare them in the face. Don't be afraid of them. And then look at the excess time you have and then ask yourself, how am I spending it? How much time do I spend on the phone, on Netflix, on YouTube? How much time do I spend making? Then look at, are you satisfied with the making? Do you want to make more? And then look at which thing you're giving your time to and decide which thing can go for a while. Which good thing can you say no to for a while? Can you take four hours out of your week away from TV? Or, you know, uh, do you need to be more disciplined with your relationships? Uh, plan more dare to plan more and see how it uh meets you in the future with peace because you're not 
considering it 24 seven inside yourself. And, and then, um, and I think one thing too is don't underestimate short bursts of work that accumulate over time. Hmm. Okay. Work, work a little bit each day when you can, and you will find over time, you will feel, uh, you will lose connectivity with that intensity that comes from just sitting down 24 hours working, Mm -hmm. but you'll gain a, you'll gain a constant relationship with what you do that is even keeled and progressive and I think and generative and you'll you'll find that that work is also meeting you in the future when mm-hmm. you're able to sit down and focus on it so steward the uh, small times so that when you have the big times you can seize hold of it with work behind you, mm. you see? Yeah. yeah yeah good um, I think you know for me uh, a few things would be um, start to realize that actually um, your, the time you give something is going to be a very big parameter for how much time it will take. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we like to think that there are like uh, solid boundaries. This project will take me X number of hours. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give that number of hours. We'll right. just, just try to cut those hours back and say, right. this thing that took me four hours, maybe I could do it in three, yep. you know, and, and set some parameters where there are actually some achievable goals That's right. uh, for maximizing your time. Yeah. And don't, don't overestimate the value of the outcome to the point that you didn't, you end up not doing it. Yeah. Actually make things and let them live in real space for a time and give other people time to interact with them and get back to you with feedback and consideration. Yeah. Really let that marinate. And I think, I mean, I don't know, the last thing for me is uh, really dig into other people because yep. um, if you want to do more things and you have more projects than you think you can actually accomplish, I think that's where other people and the relationships you have with them become key. Correct. Um, I couldn't I couldn't do half the stuff I've done in the last two years if I wasn't doing stuff with Shocker Art Space. Correct. And I couldn't do half the stuff I do at my job if it weren't for the colleagues I have that I teach with. 100%. And I couldn't uh, I couldn't do the work I've done as a designer if it weren't for the other people that have 100%. supported and worked with. It's, yeah. it's all interrelated. So yeah. I would say don't, don't feel that the path to a better career or a better professional life is to separate yourself uh, in fact sometimes it's very much the opposite mm-hmm. so the more we can kind of connect and uh, understand each other and come to terms with each other and then actually see how we can be mutually beneficial yep. as we really work towards uh, these paths for uh, art and design I think is fantastic yep so um, hopefully you know Mercer reads hopefully that answers your question yep. hopefully it, it, hopefully you can hear us through the uh, the, the background noise yeah um, so it's yeah. a it's a fun uh, fun thing for us to do. There'll be uh, you know four more of these episodes. Yeah. Consider this a foretaste of what our thirty minute talks could look like once our Patreon is up to a certain number. So check that out. And we are raffling off a painting right now. One of my paintings that I don't want to part with, but it, you all are worth <laughs> it. And uh, so check it out. Yeah, first five hundred folks to support us on Patreon are entering the raffle. A dollar can, a month or more. Yeah, you can you can win that painting. So we'd love to have you help us out with that. Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for listening to this, and we will catch up with you next time. Yep, thank you. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.